Hey, good morning, and uh, welcome to River Glen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody in Pewaukee, and those of you joining us online. Uh, great to have you with us. Good to be one church in multiple locations. Well, you ever had an awkward uh, handshake moment like uh, you saw in the video? All of us probably have. Maybe you, you, know, you went in for the handshake, the other person didn't see you, and, and they just left you uh, hanging. Or uh, maybe you went in for the hug, and halfway into that hug, you realize the other person is really not into the hug, and uh, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Or maybe you went in for the high five, and the other person went in for the uh, fist bump, and you ended up with this awkward turkey uh, situation. <laughs> you know, going on here. We've probably all had that happen. Now, some of us are not really phased by these things. You're really cool with physical touch. Uh, you, you don't have any uh, uh, problem uh, with it. Some of us would say, I'm a hugger. How many of you would say, I'm a hugger, not a fighter? Quite a few. Yeah, we got several huggers here. Others of us would say, I'm more of a fist bump or handshake person. People have different preferences in this uh, area. Uh, a couple weeks ago, my aunt uh, adopted a couple uh, kittens. Yeah. Uh, these are two sisters. They're four months old. They're really uh, cute. I'm going to be nice to cats uh, today because that's what love does. This here <laughs> is... Uh, Petunia in the front, that's her name, and then uh, Pansy in the back. And they look a lot alike, but they have very different personalities. My wife picked up Petunia, and she loves to get picked up and held and petted. She purred really loud. Pansy, not so much. Pansy hid under the chair. Marnie reached down, grabbed her, picked her up. And she's shy. She takes a while to warm up. Pansy's okay with maybe a little bit of physical touch. Petunia can't get enough of it. And uh, like those two kittens, we all have uh, differences when it comes to physical touch. Some of us, physical touch is like our primary love language. I mean, you are comfortable giving someone a big bear hug, what we're going to talk about today. I mean, it is definitely in your comfort zone. But touch is not everybody's primary love language. Some of us tend to avoid physical contact with other people. And if you shrink back from it, uh, I want to reassure you, you're not alone. I mean, there are many people who avoid hugs and even handshakes. And there are lots of different reasons. Maybe we didn't grow up in a home where our parents showed affection. Maybe it's just not how we choose to express ourselves. Or maybe we're afraid of germs. Or maybe we had a bad experience in the past. Or maybe... Uh, we prefer other love languages like encouraging words or acts of, of service. We talked about those earlier in this uh, series. Touch is not everybody's top love language. I, I wouldn't say it's my primary love language, but we all need it to some degree because that's how God made us and it's good for us. And we also need to learn to use touch for the benefit of other people, because that's what love does. Now, before we go further, I want to just pause and clarify what I am and am not talking about today. I am not in any way talking about unwelcomed or uninvited physical advances. Those kinds of touch are never okay. I'm talking about meaningful touch, appropriate touch, a hug, a handshake, you know, a high five, a pat on the back to encourage someone, and not for self-gratification. This is about doing this. This is about touch for the benefit of others. And if you ever doubt if it is welcome or what would benefit the other person, just go ahead and ask that person because people have differences. Touch is not everybody's primary love language, but we all need it 
to some uh, degree. Here's the question I'm asking uh, today. How important is meaningful touch? How important is appropriate touch? The hugs, the handshakes, the high fives, the pat on, on the back. Does it really matter? Today we're going to continue this series. It's called Love Does, and we're, we're talking about uh, what it really means to love other uh, people. Understand love is not just an emotional attachment. It's not just a dopamine rush in the brain. It's not just a pitter-patter in the heart. If we want to know what love looks like, we need to look at God because God is love. And fortunately for us, our God, who is love, became visible to us in the person of Jesus. And in Jesus, we discover that love is active. Love is intentional. Love is lived out in tangible, specific ways. Each week in this series, we look, we, we look at the life of Jesus and how he modeled what love does in every context, whether he had a conversation one-on-one -on -one with a friend or whether he stood up and taught hundreds or thousands of people in a crowd. Jesus always modeled this active love. And we can learn how to love others simply by following his example. Today we're going to see how Jesus demonstrates what love does by drawing near and offering human contact. Jesus modeled the reality that love touches. Love embraces. But for many of us, physical touch can be awkward. Now, it's not that our sense of touch is unused. I came across a study that found that the average smartphone user will touch their phone 2,600 times a day. Yeah, and, those, and people who are addicted to it, really addicted to it, that'll go up to 5,400 touches a, a day. Our, our sense of, awe, of touch is alive and well. But for some reason, this does not necessarily carry over when the same people that we're texting uh, via our smartphone are standing right next to us and, and we don't uh, touch them. The reality is here in America, many adults experience what University of California professor Dr. Keltner calls a touch-deprived culture. Our culture avoids physical contact almost at epidemic levels. Dr. Keltner describes a study where they traveled to observe two friends in a cafe for a set amount of time, and they recorded and measured how many times these people touched one another. In England, the two friends, they didn't touch at all, not once. In the United States, the two friends touched two times when there was like a burst of enthusiasm in the uh, conversation. In France, get this, they touched 110 times. In Puerto Rico, the friends touched each other 180 uh, times. Now that might seem high, you know, 110, 180. That might scare uh, some of us. But I think it shows how culture influences the way we view and practice physical touch. And, and in America, we have a tendency to hold back. It's interesting how we will pick up a cat, a kitten, right? Or we'll pick up a puppy, hold a puppy. Or we'll, you know, squeeze the cheeks of a cute little baby. But when it comes to expressing healthy physical touch to our friends and, and family, many of us can be very touch-averse. Now, maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know, why does this even matter? Why are we even talking about this? Well, it matters because God made us, God designed us for touch and to be touched. Did you know this, that one square inch of your skin has over a thousand nerve endings? And uh, when we hold back from touch, 
we miss out on so much, so many benefits. The benefits begin at birth. Babies grow faster and healthier when they receive loving touch. Loving touch helps young children do better in school. They develop better reading and communication skills. Studies show that hospital patients recover from illnesses more rapidly when they receive loving touch. And it also matters because many of us experience what sociologists are now calling crowded loneliness. Crowded loneliness refers to a feeling of isolation, a feeling of loneliness, even when hundreds or thousands of people surround you. And it's pervasive, especially in cities, but it happens anywhere. It can happen right here in church. It can happen in our homes with our families. It can happen at a party surrounded by friends. We can gather together, but we feel disconnected emotionally and physically. And I believe a huge factor in this disconnection is a lack of touch. Scientists keep discovering more and more about the uh, significance and the power of human touch. For example, did you know that we have nerves in our skin that tell, uh, tell our brain what emotion is being expressed through physical uh, touch. Professor Keltner, I mentioned him earlier, conducted a fascinating study to demonstrate this ability. With his students, they built a wall. They constructed a wall, and then they cut a hole in the wall, and the first person stuck, stuck their arm through the wall. And then a second person was instructed to communicate a particular emotion just by a one-second touch on the first person's forearm. Would you believe they found that 60% of the time, the first person was able to correctly identify the emotion on the very first guess, just through a one-second touch on the forearm. It didn't matter whether it was compassion or anger or fear or gratitude without any other verbal or nonverbal cues. The first person identified the emotion and understood it with remarkable accuracy. Now, the professor did note he found two gender differences in this study. When a woman tried to communicate anger to a man, the man had no idea what she was uh, communicating. <laughs> and when a man tried to communicate compassion to a, a woman, she had no idea what he was trying to uh, communicate. So uh, good luck with that. Uh, this isn't perfect. Uh, we have more to learn. But I think that study shows that touch communicates with its own language. And one of the reasons we need physical contact, we need physical touch in our lives is because touch communicates emotion. Touch communicates love in ways that words cannot. Whether it's a hand on the shoulder when you're hurting or maybe a hug when you're feeling alone or a high five when you're needing some encouragement. Physical touch carries love, conveys love in ways that words cannot. And so if we avoid physical contact with one another, what we're actually doing is depriving ourselves of love. And we may not even realize it. Uh, Jesus often encountered people who uh, were deprived of love and experienced crowded loneliness. In one of his encounters, we're gonna look at one of, the, one of his encounters, Jesus has just finished probably his most famous teaching. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, or verse 1, take a look at what it says. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. I mean, picture this, people everywhere. 
People have heard about his teachings and his healings and the crowds grew larger and larger and larger. Men, women, children from every region and every tribe of Israel gathered together. But then right in the middle of this massive crowd, look at what happens in in verse two. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, don't miss what happens in this moment. You probably have heard, many of you have probably heard of of leprosy. Leprosy in the Bible refers to a highly contagious skin disease. Just touching someone with leprosy could instantly infect you. And in most cases, it was actually a death sentence because a cure was hundreds and hundreds of years away. But you could easily identify someone with leprosy. Their skin would be discolored. They would have sores on their face and over their uh, body. And And the disease progressed. As it progressed, people would lose feeling in their extremities. Uh, Dr. Paul Brand has done a lot of research on on leprosy. He's traveled to underdeveloped uh, countries. He went to India. He tells about a time he went to India. And he uh, walked through a leper colony. And he noticed lepers sleeping in a ditch alongside a road. And then he noticed a rat gnawing on the fingertips of the lepers. But they didn't wake up because they felt nothing. You would lose feeling in the extremities, and you would also have great pain in the joints. And so you felt no pain where you should, and you felt pain where you should. And people with leprosy suffered physically, and they also suffered socially and spiritually. They declared a person with leprosy unclean. They would banish lepers from the community, make them live outside the city gate. Leprosy tore families apart. They were not allowed in the company of other people. They had almost no interaction with anyone. They weren't allowed to gather for worship in the synagogue. And they had to wear clothing that was torn. They had to cover their face. And when a leper would, uh, would come within 50 yards of someone, they would be required to yell out, unclean, 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 as if to say, back away. You don't want to come near me. They lived in isolation and despair and heartache. And so a man suffering with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus. And he had a bad case of it. Uh, Luke Luke shares an interesting detail with us in his account of this same story. Uh, Luke says this man had an advanced case of leprosy. And so he had suffered from leprosy for many years. These sores covered his, his, his body. And I wonder how many times he cried out unclean over the years. But he didn't cry out this day. He works his way. It says he works his way through this large crowd around Jesus. Other people probably uh, thought he had no business being in this crowd. They shuddered in fear as he walked by. But then he falls at the feet of Jesus. Imagine his pain, kneeling in the dirt, feeling desperate and alone. And he asks for healing. But notice what he says. He says, Lord, if you're willing. He doesn't say, you know, if you have the power, if you're able to heal me. No. He says, if you're willing, as if to say, I know you can do this. I know that you have this ability. And so how does Jesus respond? It says, Jesus reached out with his hand and touched the leper. Can you imagine, I mean, the impact of this moment? No one has dared come near him. I mean, let alone touch him for years, maybe decades. And now he feels the warmth of Jesus' hand. And Jesus says, I'm willing. He said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his uh, leprosy. Now, why does Jesus touch him? I mean, he didn't have to touch him to heal him. Now, if you read a a few more verses, 
uh, later on in this chapter, uh, Matthew tells us about a Roman soldier who came to Jesus and asked him to heal his servant who was ill. And Jesus doesn't even go to the soldier's home where the servant lies sick. He simply tells the soldier, go home, your servant is healed. And when the soldier returns home, he finds his servant healed. So if Jesus can heal with a word from a distance, why does he touch the leper? I mean, why, why, not, why, not, why not heal him first and then touch him? Wouldn't that make better sense? Do the healing and then touch him. That, that would be safer. It'd be more sanitary. But I think Jesus touches him because that's what love does. The miracle shows his power. The touch shows his love. Love reaches out. Love draws near. Love embraces. Throughout scripture, we see Jesus expressing love through touch. When, when the children came to him, it says that he touched them and he blessed them. When Peter's mother-in-law gets a fever, it says that Jesus touches her and heals her. A 12-year-old girl is deathly ill. Jesus touches her. A man in Jerusalem has, has blindness. Jesus touches his, his eyes. Jesus could have blessed or healed with just a word, but he chooses to touch because it shows his, his love. Somebody put it this way, what his heart felt, his hands touched. And as Jesus reaches out and he touches this man with the advanced leprosy, he not only heals him, he, he really gives him his life back. Jesus tells him, see that you don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony uh, to them. Now, theologians and scholars have many opinions about why Jesus says to him, why Jesus tells him, don't tell anyone, remain silent about what happened. Um, but, but I don't really think we know for sure. I, I like to think Jesus was simply being practical. Jesus knows that this guy's going to start jumping for joy. He's going to run home and show his family and friends. And, the, and there'll be time for that later. But, but I think Jesus tells him to first go and show himself to the priest and make a sacrifice because the priest served as kind of a health inspector in the ancient world. And the priest will restore him to the synagogue, the place of worship. And the priest will restore him back into the community. And then he'll get his life back. And that's what love does. It gives to others. It gives life to others through touch. It doesn't sit on the sideline. It doesn't shrink back from the hurting. You know, it doesn't avoid the mess waiting for it to get cleaned up. No, love says, I'm willing. And it gives life back to those who have lost it. So how does love embrace others in our touch-deprived culture? Well, I think love would look around and remember that all of us, all of us carry stuff that can leave us feeling alone in a crowd. We all fight hidden battles. We all have struggles that can, can leave us feeling cut off and alone. And sometimes these are big things that, you know, feel like they're robbing us of life. And then other times they might be just small things that just kind of chip away at our uh, well-being. I'll, I'll share a personal example. Sometimes I have these uh, little battles in my head. And uh, sometimes it happens after I give a message. I had this happen recently after I gave a message. Now, I love what I do. I'm, I enjoy uh, what I do. And I'm grateful that I get to serve in this role. But sometimes after I speak, I don't know if other speakers are this way, but sometimes for me, right after I speak, my mind starts thinking things like, oh, I really messed up that story. Or, oh, how could I forget to say that? Or, oh, you know, that just didn't go, that just didn't go well. My mind kind of uh, fills with 
uh, doubts and negative thoughts. Now, I'm not sharing this with you today because I want you to come up to me and say, oh, you, you gave a great message today, Ben. No, I, I'm sharing this with you because of what happened next. I was standing right over here after a message and somebody uh, walked up and gave me a couple pats on the back. And that simple touch communicated emotion. It felt reassuring. It communicated, good job, thanks. And immediately the battle in my mind stopped. That simple touch drew me out of negative thinking and back into focusing on celebrating uh, what God has done for us in this uh, gathering. It struck me how a simple touch meant so much to me. And every day we encounter people who carry doubt, pain, hurt, guilt, fear. We encounter people who feel exhausted and alone in a crowd. People who might be asking out loud, but probably it's more likely they're silently wondering, are you willing? Are you willing to draw near? Are you willing to help, to help heal my hurt? Are you willing to accept me and love me as I am? Reminds me of a scene in the movie 42. I love this scene. It's, it's, uh, the movie 42 is a baseball movie. It's a true story about Jackie Robinson, who played for the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. He, he was the first black player in the major leagues. He broke the color barrier in major league baseball. But in this scene, the fans in the stadium, they yell hateful words. They yell racial slurs. Can you imagine? I mean, the crowded loneliness. Jackie Robinson felt. Can you imagine the isolation, the pain that Jackie Robinson felt? But then, then in that moment, the white shortstop, uh, Pee Wee Reese for the Brooklyn Dodgers, walked over and he put his arm around Jackie Robinson. There's actually a, a monument in, in Brooklyn, New York about this powerful moment, this, this uh, incredible moment of, of, of touch, a touch that said, I'm willing to draw near I'm for him. He's for me. We're brothers. Later on, uh, Jackie Robinson said, that touch saved my career. That's the power of physical touch. And, and I wonder, who do you need to extend a hand to? Who do you need to put an arm around? Who in your life would feel loved by receiving meaningful touch from you. Maybe it's a student or a coworker who's going through a struggle and just a hand on the shoulder would say, I'm willing to draw near and help. Maybe it's a neighbor who lives on your street or uh, in your building and recently moved in and doesn't know anybody and walking down the street, walking across your yard, across the hallway and giving a handshake could say, I'm glad you're here. I'm willing to help. Or maybe there's somebody that you live with right now, a family member, a roommate who's struggling, and a hug. A hug would say, I'm willing to uh, draw near and encourage you. I'm willing to help you. Or maybe it's an elderly parent or grandparent. Some of the most touch-deprived people in our culture are older adults. And your hand, you know, your arm could represent God's hand. And God's love. Remember, love is not distant. Love is willing to draw near. Love reaches out. Love embraces. That's what love does. Imagine if, as a church, we did this together. Here in, in Waukesha and in, in Pewaukee. Imagine if we became known as a community of people who drew near. Imagine if River Glen 
became known as a, as a place where you could go and, and not just be a face in the crowd, but you would receive personal touch, a place where you can receive meaningful touch. That's why the New Testament calls the church the body of Jesus Christ on earth. God's plan is for people in our community to feel his love, to feel his touch through our hands. And that's one of the reasons we're doing something unique in two weeks to demonstrate God's love. We're calling it the offering uh, giveaway on the weekend of October 5th and 6th. Our leaders have prayed about this for months. And we sense God leading us to take everything that comes in the offering that weekend, every single penny that comes into that offering, uh, we're going to take it and we're going to give it away to reach out and serve needs in our community and around the world because that's what love does. Love embraces. We're going to give the offering away to meet needs in four areas. The first area is uh, the special needs uh, community. We talked about that the first week of this series. Uh, the second area, we are going to help build a home in the city of Waukesha in partnership with Habitat for Humanity. And then here's the third area. Take a look at the screens. Our third area of focus for the Big Offering Giveaway will go to support our Love Waukesha and Love Pewaukee programs. Over the years, showing the love of Jesus to others in our community has really grown. The vision behind these initiatives is to build long-term partnerships with local organizations to meet the needs in our community. We've built these partnerships with a variety of organizations and your generosity during the Big Offering Giveaway will help us to continue to support our current partners as well as launch new ones. Over the years, we've established an awesome partnership with Whittier Elementary School. Whittier is a school with great needs and because of your generosity, we've seen many of these needs met at the school. Listen to some of the staff at Whittier talk about what our partnership means to them and about a new project your generosity will fund. We have 220 students at our school. Um, our students come from very transient homes. 84% of our students are free and reduced lunch. Our students are incredibly rich in diversity um, and curiosity. Without community partners, we wouldn't be able to do quite as much as we do for our families. We're so thankful and just um, appreciative of all of our community partners and everything they do for us to make sure we can give back to, to our community. We have a clothing closet that volunteers organize. We have a super cool back to school event that's coming up the end of September. That's a great opportunity for our kids and our families to come to school, have a meal, get some clothing and do fun activities. So our partnership with River Glen has been ongoing and evolving. So the, the project that we've talked about is doing a new audio system for our gym slash cafeteria. And this project is really important because we use that Base for parent events, assemblies. So having a new audio system will really greatly improve things for our kids in the school. We are so appreciative with our partnership. Uh, we really enjoy working with River Glen and want that partnership to continue. We plan to continue to hold our super cool back to school event as well as other events that support the staff and families at Whittier. In addition, we are really excited to announce that we're beginning a new partnership with a nonprofit, faith-based organization called Safe Families for Children. Safe Families works to help children through some of their toughest moments in life by connecting them with loving and supportive families in their community. 
We surround um, families in crisis with caring, compassionate community, which is the church. What we want to see is that every family who hits a crisis has a community around them. And particularly, we're seeing a lot of families who have either a mental health crisis, they have a health crisis, or a housing crisis. So to be a host family, we ask that all of them are involved in a local church, that they have a community that can come around them and the child that they're hosting as well. We've hosted um, 12 kids throughout the last five years. Had anywhere from um, three weeks old to four. Each of them just brought different joys to, to our family and we have special memories with each and every one of them. Knowing that we have support from others has been helpful and Safe Families is designed so that the host family doesn't carry the whole burden. And there are so many different ways to be involved that don't require you inviting a child into your home. We work together with the church. The church recruits and supports volunteers. And we come alongside and just help the church do what they want to do, which is serve their community in this way. Your generosity will help to fund the training of brand new host families, as well as support the parents and children during the time period that hosting is happening. There are so many practical ways that all of us can be involved in providing a safe place for these families in crisis and to show the love of Jesus in action. It's a great opportunity to meet some needs, yeah, in our community. Yeah, one of those um, new partners is called Safe uh, Families, and it, it's about uh, holding babies for someone else. It's about opening our homes and uh, touching and, and holding and, and, and making children feel uh, loved. I'm really excited about these opportunities that God has put in front of us through this offering giveaway. We're praying for a large offering that weekend. Our goal is for an offering of $100,000. Wouldn't that be great? to give away that much money to meet needs and be the hands of Jesus to the community around us. I'm grateful to be part of a church that doesn't turn inward, but we reach out, touch our community, and demonstrate love through generosity, and we trust God to meet the needs of our church. Marnie and I are planning to give our biggest gift of the year to this offering a giveaway, and we hope that you will join us. This is a great opportunity to embrace our community and say, uh, we're, we're willing. We're willing to draw near. We want to help. What a great opportunity to reach out and be the hands of Jesus, touching and blessing um, people in our community. That's what love does. Let me uh, pray for us. God, we all need uh, your love. Thank you, God, for drawing near to us. You didn't wait on the sidelines. You didn't uh, hold back. You stepped into humanity to love us and sacrifice for us and save us. And God, thank you that no matter what pain or fear we go through, you understand it and you draw near and you go through it with us. God, would you give us just a greater awareness of your presence and your love and would you make us more aware of uh, one another. Would you help us to love others as you have loved us? Would, would you help us to be a blessing to other people? May other people feel the touch of Jesus through us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.